Hey, everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by ironcompany.com. So today we're discussing the subtle nuances of coaching, getting real results for regular people. And as luck would have it, we just happen to have two uniquely qualified individuals here with us today. We'll start with Jim Steele. He's, well, he was a head strength and conditioning coach at the University of Pennsylvania for 20 years. Uh, he's years. trained 20 sounds years. Like a, yeah, he sounds like a prison sentence. He's trained thousands of athletes across 36 sports. That sound right, Jim? 36 sports? Yeah, it's right around there. And, uh, and that was really like my fourth job. So I coached since 1989. So it's been a while. Okay. Mm -hmm. So today, um, you know, you've, you've won several bodybuilding championships, powerlifting. Uh, you're doing a lot of coaching now. You're doing a lot of virtual coaching and things like that. Uh, Marty Gallagher, last but not least, he coached Black's Gym to five national powerlifting team titles and was one of three American coaches for Team USA IPF World Champions. And I should note uh, that he also created Kurt Kowalski like some Frankenstein powerlifting experiment. So yeah. he's got that on his resume. Among lots of other stuff. And he handled Ed Cohn in his meets. So yep. that's exactly right. Best power lifter of all time. Yeah. So, so a bit of experience. So, you know, I hate I hate it when you bring up credentials, JP. So let's get going, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're gonna talk about coaching today <clears throat> and the subtle nuances. Uh, but before we talk about getting results, we need to define results. Uh, good, such good, as physique, good, performance, health. Good, good. Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely what your goals are. I mean, if you're trying to get somebody stronger, you know, then you want to set uh, realistic goals for them as far as, let's say somebody's trying to get better in a squat, to bench, and a deadlift. Mm -hmm. Realistic goals based on your experience with coaching other athletes, based on everything about the person that you know. And I think yeah. that's where – a lot of coaches make mistakes like, oh, this person went up 50 pounds, so this person will up, go up 50 pounds. Well, if you're dealing with an ectomorph kid who's, you know, never really done anything but been a long-distance runner, and now all of a sudden he wants to, um, you know, turn it into powerlifting, you're going to spend a lot of time just greasing the correct form, the correct groove, before he even really worries about getting super strong. Oh, versus, versus you get a, a, a guy who's an athlete or been, been an athlete for a while or even in the past, they pick stuff up a lot faster and you can, you know, set higher goals for them, you know? So, you know, we talk about it all the time, you know, reading the individual. Um, now we ended up using a lot of technology and things like that, but nothing ever replaced your experience as a coach and reading an individual to set their realistic goals. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually creating, I mean, it, it, it all comes down to, as a coach, can you create transformed human beings or not? Right. You, you either can or you can't. Uh, and if you've been in the game long as we have, we have a consistent record for regardless of whether we're dealing with the infirmed or the elite, we can get results for them. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with, so Marty, you've done it yourself. You know what I'm saying? Of course, if, of course. I mean... To me, it's just like listening to an announcer that never played football. I mean, come on, man. 
You know what I mean? You never had, you never, you know, why are they, how could he drop that ball? Well, you see that guy coming at him full speed, you know, yeah. his helmet rain for his butt. You know, you're so right. You're so right. You guys have done it. So that means a lot. It's like what I always say with, with fitness equipment. You know how many competitors I have out there that haven't even lifted, lifted a weight. They don't understand the feel or the pump or, or, you know, anything about, they understand what the product is made of the cost and where it comes from and all that. But that's about it. That's half of what you really need to know about this stuff. It could be a widget or a coat hanger or a, you know, a bolt. It doesn't matter to them. It's just a commodity. To us, it's it's our, our life. It's a passion and our life. Yes, yes. exactly. Hey, Jim, one, one question. Uh, you train a lot of kids. So these parents come to you with their kids. What's the most common results they want to they want you to get for their kids? Is it becoming faster, able to jump yeah. higher, gain weight? Or, well, you know, first of all, they usually rattle off a couple of myths and misconceptions, which is actually <laughs> the title of my next article. Like, uh, oh, I want them to get strong. Yeah. I don't want him to get too big. I don't want to stun his growth. I don't want to. Mm -hmm. uh, then during the season, we won't lift. We just want to lift in the off season. Yeah. Uh, you know that that whole thing. So I just go. I just shake my head and then do what mm -hmm. I want with him. And <laughs> but do you do you? But real quick, do you think there's any truth to stunning your growth? Because I can tell you, when I started lifting weights, I stopped growing. A lot of my friends, the same really? thing happened. Thank God. Yeah. And and I read where, you know, you kind of, as you start, you know, producing more testosterone naturally, and I think you produce more with, as you start to lift weights and stuff too, the ends of your bones start to close up quicker. So mm -hmm. I don't know if there's any actual proof behind that or not, or maybe it is a myth, but. You know, we used to be in a, a, you know, an agrarian <laughs> culture, right? Yeah, and they used, everybody used to have ten kids, and what would they do? They'd all go work on the farm, yeah. lifting heavy things like hay bales. If it was the case that it stunted your growth, we'd have a bunch of dwarfs <laughs> running around. Farm, dwarf farmers, farm boy dwarfs. Well, that might be a good point. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think there's any research that shows that. I, I don't think you. Wanna... Thank you for busting that myth. That's... <laughs> <laughs> No, nine and ten, ten year olds. Uh, JP, you, know, you could JP, you could always choose the alternative and just you know choose to stay weak, just stay yeah. in bed and grow taller, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like my, my my son Max, and he's he's a pretty big kid for eight years old, but he squats one fifty. Our dad lifts one fifty for three, squats you know one twenty five. But now, if he starts to round his back, the set's over. You know, yeah. or if he starts to lose yeah. his form, you know, the set's over. And I, like yesterday, <clears throat> just did push-ups and hill sprints. And then he'll squat once a week. He'll press a little bit, you know, that kind of stuff. So, I, you know, half of that is with kids, you don't want it to, to make it drudgery for them. No, that, no, that you can't do that. That's, they don't look forward to, you know. That's right? just child abuse. Yeah. So, Literally, uh, if, if, if the kid's not motivated, you can't force them to do it to, to somehow what live out some unfulfilled fantasy that the father has right right mm -hmm. you know no man let the kid you know become a musician or a or an artist or you know, you know what i mean don't force them to, to do with that which they don't have any passion or love for yeah. uh, how much a help, of a if it's a, excuse me if it's a is it a jk can i talk yeah yeah Thank go ahead you. Uh, if it's a health issue, that's different. 
if you're dealing with a, a youngster that's, you know, like exceedingly obese, then, you know, then it's like, all right, you know, you, but it's all with kids. You have to be gentle. It has to, and it has to, has to, has to, has to have the element of fun. Yeah. You have got to figure out a way to put an element of fun into something that's essentially um, hard and difficult. I mean, you're lifting weights, but you, you, you get them involved in the spirit of, oh, you know, uh, yeah, you know, that, uh, that 120 you looked, you did last week looked, uh, pretty much at your limit. I know you're supposed to do 125 this week, but I, you know, I don't know, you don't look like you're too into it. You know what I mean? You can play all that, right, Jim? Yeah, yeah. All the games that you play to get them, get them fired up and then they get fired up and they get into it. And that's when they make the games. That's the best part because now they get now they're into it and they're, they're, they're asking you, well, when do we train again? Yeah. Oh, uh, good the other day. That's when you got them, man. When they're asking you, yeah. or when they find they're training on their own. Oh my God, incredible. The uh, I got a couple of college baseball players that I train, and I train these little baseball kids. And the good thing was one of them uh, was doing something the other day, deadlifting. One of the kids was, and the kid I train who plays college baseball picked up one thirty-five, started curling it. You know, mm. they were like, "Oh, I want to be able to do that one day. I want to, <laughs> yeah. I wanna, you know." Yeah. They, and you're like, well, I was like, Matt, tell them about how, yeah. how further you're hitting the ball now, your exit velocity on the yeah. bat, how much has improved, you know? Uh, what'd you squat the other? Oh, 415 for six. What? Mm -hmm. 400, that's four of those big plates. Yeah. yeah, and you can do it too. I was weaker than you when I started. That yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember when I first time I deadlifted 135. Now I'm curling it. Yeah, that's right. At, the, at that age, that stuff is so impressive. You know, big arms, big, you know, lots of wheels on the bar, you know, on the bar, lots of uh, Olympic plates. To some, to some is, kids, to some kids. Yes, and some kids don't care. Jim, how many, what percentage of kids come in, their, their parents bring them in, and they're just not into it. They don't want to train, and you kind of have to, like, convince yeah. them. And if I have 10 kids, and, if there's 10 kids, there's probably seven of them that are sort of being – suggested to to do it so i have yeah. to really make it fun there you know there's three kids in the that they have their own rack and i'm and because they're into it you know yeah, yeah. the other seven okay now we're gonna do it five we're gonna do five goblets and then we're racing so as soon as you've done your five goblets now we're gonna do this relay race or we're gonna right, do right. some walks for racing right. and right. you make it like they don't even know they're doing it and they're they're mm -hmm. making you know gains make it yeah fun. and i would say most of them turn around and after a while they start really getting into it right yeah, and you know what they thrive on? This is very interesting and has ha, wasn't like this always um, as a coach since the 80s when I started, is that they really like the discipline. Like, uh, I don't think some of them have ever been told what to do by an authority figure. And so I'll be like, it's, they'll be like uh, leaving a plate on the ground. And I'll, I'm like, okay, everybody stop what they're doing. Who left the plate out? You know, it was Bobby. <laughs> okay, Bobby, pick the plate up. We never leave plates on the ground. And... Everybody go over there and get a bag or get a cone. We're going to do some agility drills. Why are you walking? Yeah. Everybody run, run as fast as you can to get your cone and run back here. The last person gets five push-ups. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. oh, and then they, they start talking. That's a steel workout. And all that. It's nothing hard. It's just it's making you work. It's giving you some, some discipline that they, I think all humans want it. I think all humans have it inside of them to want that, you know, that. And for, and for kids, for training kids, it's probably better to do it in, in groups. Right. So it's kind of like a fun, competitive environment. Yeah. You can't make that generalization. Some kids are great. Yeah. You can have great group sessions and, and you can have great individual sessions. 
Yeah, and the problem is if you have a couple kids that start fooling around, then it's like uh, and that can bring everybody down. So I got to freak out and stuff like that. I don't I don't deal with the unmotivated. <laughs> I don't deal with the, with the unmotivated. But if they get to me, they've demonstrated that they're serious. Yeah. And then it's like, OK, let's go to work. But we never hurt them. We never strain them. Jim, I won't let them do anything other than an explosive rep. If they're lifting, uh, I'm talking about prepubescent and uh, those of the ideal time, in my opinion, to, to really get into progressive resistances as they're going through puberty, as right. males go through puberty, essentially they're, they're, they're being doused with testosterone. Now, if at that point in time, you catch them with some serious hardcore weight training, some serious, I mean, no BS, um, those gains stay with them for life. I know because it happened to me. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's the ideal time to catch them. But, but my strategy, anytime I'm dealing with anybody young, um, is that I, every rep has to be explosive. If the grind comes in, we're done. I, in fact, I just finished an article on this that I sent. And I noticed that for the past three years, I probably trained with Kirk Karwaski, I don't know, um, 60 sessions. Yeah. Okay. I, now he, he would squat, maybe do a little bench and deadlift, but mainly squat and deadlift. He never did more than three reps. Occasionally he'd do five, a lot of times singles and doubles. I never saw him not explode a rep. Right. Ne never, never, never. And I said, you know what? I need to take that set. Now I applied it to myself in, in my elder state, but it, it was, and I was like, you know, that's the idea. That's the same strategy I use for kids. I want them, whether it's a goblet squat, whether it's a bench press, whether it's a deadlift, whatever the lift, I want them to have zip on it. I don't want them to grind. I think the grind is where the, 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 the injuries come in and the contortions come in. I saw a very, very disturbing thing. It's apparently it's a big rage in high schools now to do super heavy bench squats. And I was actually sent some video by some really, really, really bad coach who was actually bragging about this. He sent me this photo of this kid who's probably, I don't know, 5'10 and 150 pounds. And he was bench squatting with, I don't know, 455. Lord. And, you know, going down uh, six inches above parallel and sitting on this bench and his spine was bending like a fishing Straight rod. Down. Straight down. Fishing yeah. rod. Like, yeah. you know, and, and standing up and then, and, and the spotters, they have two spotters in there. They're like 14 year old kids that are spaced out and stare. And I'm like, this is a, a invitation for catastrophe. Yeah, and it's like- going crazy and yeah. Oh yeah, and he's, he's, he's sending it to me as something, look yeah. what my guys are. And I'm like, oh my God, this is fitness malpractice. So with yeah. me, we take the opposite approach and we would have that same kid. It's like, son, uh, we're gonna have you do uh, goblet squats with uh, 35 pounds and you know, you're gonna get benefit out of that. Yeah. Right? But, but, but what is the point of the bench squat? I mean, it's, it's a ridiculous exercise that no one need do. Let's move on. <laughs> so is that the modern version of the bench shirt or something? Yeah. Check all of the above. Back, back to coaching. Spinal compression. 
What about, um, okay, t- you mentioned the prescription, okay? Everybody's got their own prescription because everybody's different. Everybody's got different goals and stuff. So how do you how do you kind of come up with that, go into a little bit more on how you determine that, um, you know? Uh, and, and Jim, you, you taught athletes from 36 different sports. I mean, how different was the prescription from sport to sport? Was it all the same? I mean, you were doing yeah. kind of like basic power lifts and every everybody squatted, every everybody squatted, everybody deadlift, everybody overhead pressed. Yeah, um, the bench press. Uh, I would say you know eighty five percent of the teams did that. The pitchers and I, I had a tendency to go more towards dumbbells and things like that with them. But um, and then the the nuances were more in the conditioning part of it. Um, you know, I'm not a big sports specificity guy. I'm more like, Hey, we're going to get as strong as we can using these basic safe exercises that people have been doing for a hundred years. And then I'm going to get you in shape using the energy system that you're going to play in on the court or on the field or wherever. Um, you know, so that's where it would change would be more in the, in the, uh, and that's enough. And and if you do that, you've done your job as a strength and conditioning. And now it's the, it's the coach's job, the yeah. sport coach's job to teach them the skills. Um, you know, now, and did I do more arm work and stuff for football? Yeah, but that's psychological, right? That was because they want big arms. They want their arms to stick out of the jerseys. Does a squash girl want big arms? I've never had one tell me that, uh, you know? <laughs> so so I, had, I had, you know, little things in here and there, but most of the most of the exercises stay the same. Now you said all the fencing girls wanted the big arms. It was the fencing right? girls. Yeah, no, no, I never, <laughs> I never had any. You know, and a lot of those guys' sports, they they don't. You know, okay, we're only doing bench squat, deadlift. Okay, they don't even think like, hey, we need to do some curls. Where football <laughs> would be like, where's the where's the arm work? You know. So. And, and you were talking about uh, in a previous podcast, like when you're working with pitchers and quarterbacks and things like that. I you have them do the same lifts as everybody else, right? It's not, it's it, because it's up to the football coach or the baseball coach to work on their technique. Uh, I think you were saying something that the weightlifting doesn't throw off their technique or, or whatever, like everybody thinks it go into that a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's another thing about this, the specificity. Now, do I, do I want my pitchers to have huge, huge pecs? I don't think that's necessary. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and, and what I did with the throwing guys, you know, I, I'm, I was all about relationships with the athletes. So I would pull the quarterback aside and it's now they would do their presses. They would do their benches in the off season. But now when they're throwing the ball, like they start to do in the season, I'd say, listen, you're going to communicate with me every time we do upper body stuff. And you're going to tell me, you know, how your shoulders feel, how your elbows feel. And we're going to base yeah. the program that day off of that. You know, uh, and if they tell me, hey, those chin ups really, you know, extend when I'm extending at the bottom. So I'll make little adjustments because they're different. You know how sprinters are so sensitive to their hamstrings. It's just like, oh, my God, Mm. you know, same thing with quarterbacks and their shoulders and elbows and pitchers in the same way. So uh, we're linemen. I would say, okay, we got to do it. You know, you're doing the whole everything on this program. (laughs) You know, I mean, you know, the the other guys, the pitchers and the arm guys, I would I would do individually. So you wouldn't have them so much do different exercises. You would just make sure that you communicated a little bit more with these guys to see where they're at with their shoulders. Cause you want to yeah. pay special attention to that. Yes. Yeah, so everybody's going to do the same lower body stuff with upper body stuff. I made some changes right. uh, according to, you know, what they needed as far as recovery. Okay. Yeah. Know what I mean? 
Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. What about, um, how about uh, periodization? So you guys obviously are, are uh, practitioners of that with being involved in uh, powerlifting and, and all that stuff. So Jim, describe that. How do you usually do it? Hey, JP. Hey, JP. Yeah. Do you have any questions for me today? <laughs> I'm giving you a break, man. Yeah, apparently. apparently and, 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 and you're getting a lot of airtime. I'm digging it. I'm just, I'm really getting to know your, your line good, of questioning. Voice. Okay, I'll tell you what. I don't want to leave you out. Go ahead. Why don't you thank talk you. about periodization? Really? Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, basically, you either, you either exercise or you train. And if you exercise, every session is freestanding. You just walk into the gym yeah. and it really has no connection to what you've done previously or what yeah, you're yeah. Gonna, gonna do in the future. It's mm -hmm. just, I'm here right now. Yeah. What do I feel like doing? I'm gonna I'm do it. Yeah. yeah, and usually they'll do the same poundage for the yeah. same exercises in the same order at the same time of day. Yep. Maybe they'll do some cardio. They'll do the same cardio at the same rate, you know, and no one ever changes. Yeah, that's, a, that's exercising. Mm -hmm. Training is different. Training requires planning, right? Uh, you know, a, 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 you know a, a dream without a plan is a wish, right? Right. So uh, once you get into the, the idea of, okay, we're going to plan, well, it's like, what are we going to plan for? And then you have to get into the whole concept of well, are we just going to confine this to improving strength or is it going to be a, a broader transformation? Maybe you want to throw in a nutrition element to help a body weight element. Usually there's some sort of body composition issue. Would you not agree, Jim? Yeah, that's usually the first thing they need to take care of. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard, JP, to separate. Yes, you have some people come in and say, I want to be a better power lifter. But for the broader world, it's usually there's a mixture of, okay, you know, you want to improve your body composition and you want to get stronger. Yeah. In order to do that, we're going to have to introduce uh, some nutritional strategies. Right. And, and whether it's, well, for say powerlifting, say somebody wants to come in and do the three. I think that's a, such stronger. a small, that's such a small portion of people it's just so as, as an example though but yeah. but the period the period of time is usually what 12 weeks yeah you know you yeah. set this goal Class for 12 weeks yeah, yeah. Three, which three, could be three, used for anybody months. trying to get stronger you know yeah well it, it's 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 a classical right. humans react well to a 12-week periodization because it it it, it uh, syncs up to a season yeah and the best part is you see the end you can see where you're supposed to end up. Yes, extremely helpful when you set a goal. And it's the, and I think one of the tricks to periodization is that on the one hand, the, the goal has to be realistic, but on the other hand, it has to be motivating. And if it's too realistic, sometimes it's not really motivating, mm -hmm. right? So it has to be a little, little, little bit of wish, hope, you know, in there. And, but if that little extra gets the individual fired up, then it's just what we just reverse engineer from the finish point back to the start point with small incremental weekly, weekly jumps and whether it's lifting or whether it's body weight. 
So, when, yeah, isn't this correct? When you and Kirk would devise your plan, you'd figure out where you wanted him to end up and then go backwards from there, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, this, he, Jimmy's talking about when I worked with Kirk, Kirk Karwaski for years. I first was introduced to periodization uh, with uh, Hugh Cassidy. And he was the first guy to show me. And, and I tell you, the, the simplistic periodization that I learned from him is the simplistic periodization I teach to, to guys now. It's yeah. like kindergarten, right? Yeah. Everybody skips to more complicated and advanced. I mean, there are books on periodization that'll make your head spin. Yeah. Strategies, uh, double wave, triple wave, I, you know, deceleration, you know. But I tell you, uh, straight line periodization, 12 weeks, um, you know, it, it works for, for many, many years. We've got guys that I've been working with, normal people, for five years that haven't peaked yet. Yeah. Let me ask but, you this. And, but there's been a continual, continual gain in body weight. I've got a person who hasn't peaked, they might have started with this when they're 165. And now, well, this is a true story. Uh, the guy I'm thinking about, he started with this five years ago, 165. Now he's 200. Yeah. Yeah. So and, he's going to keep getting stronger. Uh, when he started with us, he deadlifted 250. Uh, <coughs> now, now he pulls 475. Yeah. And with the commensurate body weight gain you know oh, yeah. I mean? yeah yeah he yeah he walks around it looks like he you know when he's when he's wearing a shirt it looks like he didn't take the coat hanger out of the shirt traps <laughs> just traps and just you know so anyway my, my point being is that 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 the straight line periodization is kind of dismissed by the snide snidely dismissed by experts um, but it's elemental and it works. And again, this whole idea of, of it's 12 weeks and usually within the 12 week period, we have three, four week, uh, mini cycles, right? Where we'll come every four weeks, we'll change something to a fairly, to a significant enough degree that it creates the contrast needed to stimulate progress. Or might be from eight to fives, right? From eight yeah, to or, thirteen, or ten to five. Now there's a there's a drop for you, right? You know, uh, in other words, for the first four weeks, JP, you would do ten rep sets. Yeah, and and then in the second four weeks, all of a sudden you drop to five rep sets. It's like wow, right? Because you've really gotten good at ten. You've you've set new personal records in your ten rep best and all your lifts. Now you get to go to fives. Oh, that's the greatest feeling in the world, man. And you're so strong. And, and you've only got to do fives for four weeks. Then in the final four weeks, we use that as a, a taper down, a, a strength peaking phase. We'll, we'll, we would maybe go, oh, I don't know, uh, five, four, three, uh, if you're finished with four, four weeks of fives, you might go uh, four, three, two, one, right, in your final four weeks. Yeah. Or, or doubles and singles in your final four weeks, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you peak out. And it really doesn't matter whether it's powerlifting, you've got a powerlifting competition or a training camp. Jimmy, you've used that with your pro ball players. Sure. Yeah. You peak, the, you peak their strength, peak their strength going into a training camp. You want them as you know, strong as humanly possible. And the, the whole periodization strategy is you eat the elephant one bite at a time. Right. Yeah. And seasons make it easier to peak people. So, you you know, oh, I got to get them ready for spring ball. Yes. And I have five months. Then I got to peak them for the season. Then we got to down. Uh, yeah. Summer summer practice is coming. You better be in shape. Yeah. 
And so this, this goes away a little bit. This is more emphasized this, you know, you push and you back off and you push and you back off of the different variables, depending on what you're getting ready for. Uh, what better time to get <clears throat> maximally, maximally strong and thick than in February. Yeah. And that's what, you I know what, you know, right around that. Go ahead. But you know what, when it comes to periodization, we, we always talk about it. It, it automatically relates to powerlifting, right? But Jim, let's talk about when we apply it to bodybuilding, because we never talk about that. Because yeah. they because they don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, think, we do, but it's got different elements to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that people get away from um, putting weight on the bar a lot of times. There's a couple, you know, uh, training systems or whatever that are so similar to what we've done in powerlifting forever, um, which is you know, you're basically doing feeder sets, which are warm-ups that yep. get progressively hard, but don't wear you out. And then you do one or two, you know, all out heavy yeah. sets. And then you and keep track of those weights. <clears throat> it can be a machine. It doesn't freaking matter. But to yeah. be able to put five pounds on there the next week. So I, what I do is I just do little mini cycles like that. I say, okay, right. I'm going to do barbell incline this week. This week, I'm going to start a six-week cycle to this. And I'm going to try to get to here. Right. I'm going to try to get, you know, 30 pounds on this barbell incline uh, and it doesn't right. have to be for a single. It could be my best set of three or whatever's got to be 30 pounds, you know, something like that. And so I think people get away yeah. from that because you lose track of what really makes you the thickest and the thickest people in the history of the world are heavyweights on basic exercises. Right. Right. right? In, you can all you want. But yeah, but and that's difficult in the face of ever declining calories and, and, and no energy. Yeah, well, that's different when you're preparing for a show, no question. Absolutely. And, and, and you J know, J I, J JP, can I just, just point? Say, yeah, point and then I want to make I, a point. Yeah. Well, that's no, okay. It's your show. Go ahead. <laughs> Everything all right today? Are you, are you crabby today? Uh, my wife thinks I'm doing We're, great. That surprises us. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. Well, what I was going to say, what I was referring to is, you know, in bodybuilding, and Jim and I have been doing this a long, long time, uh, you know, we'll tend to go, you know, six or eight weeks high volume, then we'll go six or eight weeks, you know, uh, bring it back to minimalization, uh, heavy, uh, you know, you do cycles of, you know, strip sets and stuff like that. Yeah. So one of the things we're always trying to do is just shock the body, you know, but it's gotta be like we talk about, it's gotta be a really hard stop, a hard contrast to what you've been doing for the past yeah. six or eight, eight weeks. So for us, that is periodization for bodybuilding because we're always right, switching plan, it out. Which is another name for periodization, a plan. It's just a yeah, plan. exactly. Yeah. Different training. So yeah, I just guys, wanted to, yeah. You guys don't keep like notebooks, do you? Do you keep notebooks? You write down your sets. Absolutely, your man. Good, good, I could good, go back good, to the good, 90s. Good, I had notebooks good. from the 90s. Yeah, that's also a personality indicator too. So yeah, that's interesting. Uh, again, you should have. Yeah, I, I will tell you that. No, 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 no. In a good way. It's a, it's a positive. Uh, I'm organized. But, yeah, but most bodybuilders, so many bodybuilding exercises do not lend themselves to periodization because right. there's a lot of this 
you get in the middle of the range of motion and you just start doing these short stroke and you go and you go and you go and you go and you pump and you pump and you pump and you pump until you can't do, you know, and, and, uh, you know, or, or maybe on a bench press or a fly, you'll get right in the middle of the range of motion and just start doing that short, you know, you know, and that's training partners helping them and he's helped picking up half the time and stuff. And it's, I don't it, do that. Well, I know you don't, but, but I'm talking about high level professional bodybuilders. This is quite, yes, this is quite what they do do. Yeah, I've seen that. And maybe and that's it, it, it high level. Well, I'm just saying that, that, that <laughs> I do. I do full range of motion. Well, I understand. But I'm saying I think that that type of training, that type of exercise does not lend itself to periodization because it's tough to say. Did you right. get that? That exercise doesn't because. Right. I'm doing half reps this week, quarter yes. reps. Next week. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. And, and again, they do so. They get like getting a bouncy thing. And how many did they get? Did they get eleven? Did they get seventeen? You know, and and they just go. That's to me is every every session is freestanding. They get maximally pumped in every muscle. In, in I mean, if they have to do thirty rep leg extensions, they'll do thirty rep leg extensions. Oof. Right. Well, you do gym, right? Yes, I have. Yeah, yes, I have. yeah the high rep, mid-range stuff, whatever it takes to maximally engorge that muscle with blood, that's how they inflate it. That's how they get it larger. And it's also amazing. with the body, yeah. and with the bodybuilder, there's no connection to performance. They don't have to be concerned about doing better in a sport or being stronger. Just grow that muscle. Yeah, it's a different animal. Yeah. It's a different animal. It re really, really is in terms of the training. Now, I understand what you're doing, JP. You're doing classical, good, yeah, full range of motion movements, which is healthy and smart. And uh, what, what we would recommend, but uh, that would be period, be able to periodize it. But uh, I would think that you would have to hook it into some sort of a body weight fluctuation. I don't think you but would. I wouldn't periodize and stay the same body weight. I don't, would you, Jim, do you see, I mean, did you have a lot of that where you were trying to make guys stronger, but they were, no, I'm fine staying 165, but I need to get 10% stronger. Well, yeah, as soon as the neuromuscular uh, efficiency thing goes out the window and they have to start getting bigger, they got to start eating calories. You know, like they get strong right away just because their body's like learning the movement. And then as it gets better at the movement, they're going to get stronger. And then, they hit a wall and you're like, yeah, well, you got to eat. You're still 165. You know, so. Yeah, you, you've done you've done well for the amount of muscular horsepower you have. Right, right. You're but like you, you, that potential you, of that horsepower. You've got a 350 horsepower, 327, and we got to get you a 450, you know, 427. And, yeah. and that, that requires more calories and lower reps. And uh, But if, for a guy like JP, if he wants to stay at his static body weight, uh, it's, it's tough to periodize because you, you are asking yourself to, well, except if you reverse periodize. Now we have put guys in what we call reverse periodization in synchronization with lowering the body weight more. In, in other words, just, you start, you end up with higher reps at the end of the cycle. Right. Whereas, whereas the strength cycle, you start with tens and end with, you know, twos and threes and ones with the, yeah, yeah. Reverse cycle, you start with the fives and, and you end with the tens and the fifteens. Yeah. But but they're looking to drop some shit. We're talking about guys who are targeting like losing 30 pounds. Yeah. You know, pound, oh, pound, pound and a half a week, 12 weeks. Oh man, that's 25 pounds. That's you know. 
or two pounds a week for 12 weeks, that's 24 pounds. That's serious weight loss. So we wanted to hook that up with a reverse periodization. Yeah. And one of the things, the reasons I'll do it for is because, you know, if, if I'm lifting heavy for, you know, I've cut the, the uh, reps down and, uh, you know, I'm going heavy and gaining weight and strong, you know, I'll go uh, eight weeks and my joints will start to get sore. So I go, okay, the next, next eight weeks, I've got to scale it back. I've got to pump these reps out, increase yeah. the reps, drop the weight, Smart. and just do that. And then, you know, you give yourself a break. Longevity, you got to think, uh, think about longevity. Um, and then you, know, just- you know, it's amazing to me is that I have to continually insist these guys don't understand about, I'm talking about the, the, the local fellows that we train. I, have, I run a group of local guys every Sunday at Donnie Berry's house. And it's Don just Blakeberry. Donnie Blakeberry bubbles. And it's just regular guys uh, from the neighborhood, but everybody's, we get bigger and stronger. But you know, the thing that they don't, they don't grasp is this idea of you gotta have rep records, right? Yeah, it's probably. like, I ask them to say, Hey, what's your, what's your, what's your PR in the 10 rep squat? And they go, uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. Right. What's, like, your what? what's your, what's your best triple? triple? Yeah. Right. And yeah, it's yeah. like, what you don't know. Yeah. I, I, you know, so you have to, and also it has to be in relation to body weight. If you're weighing 180, you have a whole different set of one, two, five, eight, ten 10 rep PRs than you do when you weigh 200. Yeah. One of your that, next, one of your next articles addresses some of that. And you're talking about the relationship between a 10 rep set and a one rep max. Oh yeah. I remember the you know. Remember and some guys, thing? yeah, and some guys just don't make sense because some guys can do 10 reps yep. and do a crap ton more weight on the one rep maximum, where some guys will do 10 reps with a good weight, but barely be able to increase that weight for a one rep max. Yeah. Well, we knew, of, I knew a, uh, a guy, I wouldn't say he was a friend, he was a guy, he was able to do 405 for 22 reps, but he, yeah. his best single was 485. Wow. Yeah. Now, crazy Chuck Miller, our, our buddy, uh, he told me, and I, this would line up with my own, you know, he said 400, 405 for him for 20 equated to 600. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say. That's what I would say between yeah. 550 and 600 for me. Yeah. Um, I so, yeah. Some, I guys are, some guys are really good at reps. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, Jimmy. What, what was your? No, I mean that that was I, when I did my I did four hundred five for twenty. I was I was squatting six thirty five without a belt or anything. Right. 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 That was right. Do we, and that was. Do we... I don't think I'm an endurance guy. You know what? What the thing is is, and that, no, that comes back to the coaching too. You got an endurance guy. Yeah, he can do all that. Hey, man, let's make him explosive. He can go all day. Yeah. You know, I mean, you may not make crazy gains in making him explosive, but you can get there. You can get there a little bit at least. I heard a good um, definition of the difference between, you know, like a, a marathon runner and a lifter. They said, you know, a, a lifter can jump 40 inches straight up in the air once. A marathon runner can only jump up in the air 12 inches, but he can do it for all day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I said, yeah, that's it. That's the difference between slow twitch and fast twitch. Jim, did uh, Tom Platts ever do a uh, one rep maximum on the squat? Because yeah, he did uh, eight hundred and against Hatfield, and Hatfield beat him by fifty pounds. I think, and Hatfield was old. Okay, but now then, the 
the video they, where they were repping out what yeah. was it four four hundred five five twenty five five thirty five oh yeah five thirty five uh, for what yeah, twenty so some reps right twenty three and I think Hatfield got twelve or ten or something like that so yeah that's a fiber guy and Hatfield was a gymnast and if you remember before he squatted he would do a vertical jump it was crazy vertical jump I mean he's an explosive guy. That sort of Fred, illustrates our point about the endurance. Fred, Fred, Fred was also a nationally ranked pole vaulter in high school. So there you go. Really? That's a bunch of one rep maxes and, and stuff that he's doing, man. You know? Um, and I think that people with that fiber type gravitate towards those kind of sports, too. They should. That's, the that, yeah, that's where you want to go. Yeah. yeah. Right? So back to coaching. Jim, uh, the, the tech that's coming out like Wagner, you know, and, and, and these incredible devices that they're having now, can you maybe talk just a little bit about that? And if you see them of value? Yeah. The reason, you know, we use that force plate that, uh, oh, explain that a little bit. Too. Yeah. So it was a, a force plate. You did three vertical jumps in it and they took your best vertical jump and gave you a score and with these variables and the variables where, uh, load explode and drive. And they, they, in that vertical, what they do is they make that vertical jump analog analogous to every thing you do in sports, hip extension, basically. That's where you get that, that triple extension or the hip extension. That's the most powerful thing you can do in sports when you tackle somebody, when you run, when you jump. So they figured out that the, the they measured how hard you push through the ground. They measured the reaction time from down to up and all this stuff. And then they correlated it somehow to where if you have this type of strength, or this type of weakness, you need to do this exercise to get that up, right? Could you um, give us an uh, hypothetical? Yeah, so if their explode was really low, when they put in all their stats, what exercise made the explode go highest was the deadlift, not the clean, not the clean. And explode is down to up. That's the snap that guys have. That's the, the rebounder who can get up quicker right? Their amortization phase is shorter. That means down to up. That phase down to up is quicker than the next guy. Um, so if you have a high explode, that's, you know, you're, that's the profile of that type of athlete. Um, so then, you know, the good thing is, is it fills the old lifter, the guy who invented it. So all the exercises were the ones that fit my prescription already. So we're already deadlifting, mm -hmm. right? And I, but it gave me credence or credibility to say, well, this is what the stats are saying. These are major league everything players and NFL players. So if it works for them, this is what's going to work for you. The, the, the athlete that was like, oh, deadlifts hurt my back or dead, dead, dead you know. Um, now they're like, oh, shoot, Mike Trout deadlifts? Okay, all right, we're doing this, you know. Um, like, like when I used to tell all the lifters, yeah, Eddie Cohn said. Yeah. Even if he didn't say it, <laughs> right. <laughs> I hadn't talked to him in, you know, a month. Yeah. yeah, I talked to Eddie Cohn. He said, you guys should uh, really concentrate on the, uh, you know, doing these deadlifts off the 100-pound plate. And they go, oh, yeah. oh Ed Cohn said, oh, okay. Tell Eddie we're really doing good. And really what Phil designed that, Phil Wagner designed that as where you can work in conjunction with your coaching. You know what That's I mean? It wasn't like it did a program for you or it told you what to do. It was like, it gave me the knowledge like, oh, okay, well this, she needs to really push her deadlifts or he needs to really push those deadlifts. Um, but you know, you still can't replace and Phil would agree, uh, experience coaching. I, did you yeah. see that with us JP when we were in? I didn't, I was out that day. I had business in town, uh, mm. but we had Phil on and he explained the whole thing. 
what I what I found mm-hmm. most interesting is it can accurately predict injuries. Like, yeah. uh, you know, if an athlete's uh, yeah, probably yeah. going to yeah, get injured talk- in his neck or back. You know, That's and thing. they just put in the data and they said, well, if, if, with this type of score and these weaknesses, you're more prone. These people with these weaknesses injured this. And, and, and what did, didn't have some incredible statistic like, oh, 97 percent. What was that? It was it was 100 percent for me. Uh huh. Every, every, you know, and I didn't let it happen. As, as a predictor of injury. No question. Or somebody who had come off that type of, you know, I've had people jump and I was like, something going on with your left ankle? And they'd be like, why is that? I said, well, look at, look at, you know, your score here and all that. And, oh yeah, coach, I, I broke my ankle in seventh grade. It's it, great. It's fused together or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, we should feel, uh, 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 mm, plug the product. What is the, the official name of the product? So folks will know if they wanted further information on it, because we're, we're talking great things about it. We yeah, should. It's Sparta technology. So uh, Sparta track. Sparta, Sparta, Sparta science. Sparta sports science. Sparta sports right. science. If you put it in Google or. Dr. And they Dr. call Dr. it the, what's the official name? The power plate, right? Or um, not power plate. No, it's, it's, a Sparta, it's a force plate, but it's Sparta track is the name of the whole thing. So now the interesting thing about it, we talked to Phil about it too, and is that I think this is what what you were leading into, Jim, was that this gives the coach the analysis, but it's up to the coach to create the prescription. Exactly. Exactly. And so it doesn't take the coach out of the equation. It actually, like I said, gives you credibility exercises you want to use or want to push. And uh, then it depends on you to, to implement. Well, and not only athletes, Phil is using that for military uh, all over the country, probably all over the world. Yeah. Um, so military athletes. So the re- you know, the, a good thing about the guys we work with in the military, they're so tired all the time, you know, when they're training and doing administrative right. stuff and training and family. And so it measures fatigue. So if you had a, a score coming off a weekend when you were just hanging out versus a score towards the end of the week, um, they can tell that, well, man, you know, your score went way down in this, but it's equally way down in all three variables. It's just sort of measuring your fatigue. Tell me about your recovery and this kind of stuff. And maybe we should not time to crank. That. Yeah. Time to crank back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. That alone would make it worthwhile. Now, I don't think that you're going to be buying this and putting it in your bathroom anytime soon. No. <clears throat> I mean, this is one expensive device, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's we figured out that the insurance premiums, how they we saved so much money that we were hundreds of thousands of dollars ahead. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying this isn't like getting a Fitbit. No, no, no. <laughs> what about other tech? What do you what do you guys use? What have you used? What do you use oh, today? Filming. Marty loves the filming. Hmm? Oh, filming. Filming the live stuff. I love video, yeah. man. You know, guys yeah. the video so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tech, the camera tech, right? That's incredible in this day and age. Put you, well, I'm training Europeans and Australians yeah. and, you know, guys all over the country. And I really feel like I know them because I'm there each week for the top set and all the key lifts. And man, I can, I can give them such great feedback. Most recently, we actually have gotten into some, you know, I don't know, live, live stuff, which was, uh, that was helpful. I was teaching, the guy was having some problems with his deadlift technique. 
So he lived me in so that I could talk to him in real time as he was doing his deadlift. And, uh, you know, just, the, I think, three sets. I think we did three sets in 15 minutes. I mean, he had warmed up and then, then we did the three sets. But I was able to give him in in-time feedback that actually corrected deadlift issues that we had been working on for six months. Oh yeah, man. Couldn't wow. quite, he couldn't quite get it. And what it was is he, he, he needed to whip his knees back a little bit as it, as the bar approached the knee from the bottom and as the bar was descending down his thighs because the bar kept catching on the top of the kneecap as he was putting it down. Right. Mm-hmm. So we straightened that out. It was, it was cool. I'm going to do more of that, you know, in time, uh, coaching. Yeah. We could come down. We could, we could video you JP down by the swimming pool. I'd love that in your speedo. (laughs) I'd love that. When can we start? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. With your and doing cross core, we should do some. We should do some cross core. If there's any cross core that you're doing, like that hamstring thing you talk about, well, no, I I would like to see that. The weighted split squats. You asked me for a video. I still got to send you a video. Yeah, yeah. Could you do that? Because I'm curious of that one. Well, I went and picked up, I went down to our warehouse and picked up some heavier kettlebells. I brought back an 80 and a 106 because I was those? having, because I use a, a, a dipping belt and I was having to put all these different kettlebells on this thing and do my split squats and I'm hanging kettlebells from my neck and everything. I look like a Christmas tree out there in the backyard trying to do uh, <laughs> squats. So I, I, you know, so I got these heavier kettlebells. It's going to work out a lot better. It was getting too big when I squatted down. It was just a whole jumble at the bottom. So now to be nice and compact, I'll send you a picture or two, show you guys what I'm doing. But man, the, the one-legged split squats, man, the weighted split squats, I'm loving those things. And, and I'll tell you what, my legs are getting stronger, growing. The knees yeah. feel good. Everything's yeah. tracking. It's tracking, yeah. right? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, no. Are you touching the rear knee on every rep? Touching the rear knee? Yeah. It's going when you split it's going down b- below uh, below parallel, you mean? Is your knee touching the ground? Yeah, pretty much. I'm I'm doing grind mm-hmm. speed, so I'm going down real slow and pretty much just touching just right about right there and then coming back up. There's really no pretty much. It's either like you're pregnant or you're not. Well, you know, with all that weight, with all that weight and stuff, I got to be careful that I don't bash my knee into the concrete. Because then, then you'd be doing that'd be like doing one-legged bench squats. Yeah, well, I pump it out and do like a two two-inch uh, range of motion. You know, trying to get the pump. <laughs> ah, that's why we can't periodize no. you. No, no, no. You should, you should touch a knee to the ground every time. Put a put a pad or a yeah, uh, put a pad under there, like right. a sponge or something right I'll there. I'll show you guys what I do. I'll show you know what you. happens. I'll send is, you a picture. Is as it gets harder, your range gets shorter and shorter yeah. and shorter. Yeah. Most yeah. people, not you, I'm sure. I'm sure. No, 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 no. I'm are you right. are you are how how big of a difference do you find between your strong leg and your weak leg? You know what. Uh, I'm pretty darn even. I'm really? real conscious about that. Yeah. Um, it, it's pretty much exactly the same. Now I did start shoulder pressing um, independently, you know, with dumbbells 
and I noticed my left side was a little bit weaker, which reminded me of this article that you did. You started doing shoulder presses again. You, one of your sides was way weaker. Oh, you had yeah. no idea. Yep, it's left side. And you Still, had no idea because you were using a barbell. It's three oh, reps. Why are you doing the porch presses? Yeah, it's three reps yeah. weaker. Yeah. It's three reps weaker. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, well, I mean, it's not bad, you know. I don't so uncommon at all. Well, uh, I, I thought I thought you said it was a lot more than that. Oh, uh, initially it was. Initially, yeah. initially, uh, I couldn't believe it. I had been doing nothing but bench presses for uh, years and years and years because you know, man. You can you certainly be able to overhead press what Jimmy seventy percent of what you can bench right? Hopefully, <laughs> no way, no way, man. I I couldn't bench fifty percent of what I bench press. Press, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, overhead press, I couldn't do it. I got to do yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so I was weak. I couldn't believe it. I said, you know, I, I assumed that you know if you bench three hundred, well, certainly you're going to be able to overhead press two hundred, right? Uh, and wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was shocking, right? And, and I would—that was my lift as a all through uh, up until 1972. All as a kid, my overhead press was my thing. So I just right. assumed I had it forever, you know. And it's like, no, uh-uh. you you can't you can't ignore any of the core four lifts. Uh, and getting back to coaching, that's what we we look at it with the absolute strength training, squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press. I'd add to that uh, power clean, some arm work. Jim, you like rows. Mm -hmm. That's yep. basically it. Then uh, cardio, you got to do something, people. Is the no cardio is not an option. And lifting is not cardio. And we need to be fit. If we're fitter, we can train harder, we can train longer, and you have to have a nutritional element. Because all the great lifting and cardio can be undone with bad nutrition, right? Yeah. And there has to be a psychological element. You have to continually fire yourself up to keep moving ahead. Uh, and, Talk and, about psychology, Marty. Well, this, the, yeah, these, these, little, these little weekly goal attainment, that's the thing, man. Every yep. week, every week, every week, every week, you, you just, and you... You or success breeds success, yeah. right? And you get four weeks into this cycle. That's why we always start to cycle off easy and light. Started and, off light. Yes. Started off light where you yes. had success right away. Yes. I never forget. I was in a in a gym and Kirk was a multi-time world champion by then, and he did five hundred for five on a deadlift and left. Mm -hmm. And I said, "What's the deal?" He said, "That's my first week," and he's yeah. you know, talking about an eight hundred pound deadlifter. You know, yeah. he's like. That's my first week. I'll push it up 10, 20 pounds and yeah. start slow, just like that, man. How long of a break was he coming off of? Do you know? Was it a now, month or two, he maybe? Wasn't, he wasn't stopping lifting at all. He was lifting okay. year-round, but he was just going lighter. And, like, he'll yeah. come in and he'll go, uh, oh, so what'd you do today? And this would be, you know, after the Worlds, week, months after the Worlds. And he'd say, I did 555 for 12, no belt. You know, so something mm -hmm. like he'd set like rep it, records and stuff like that I, I tell you what he inspired me recently i've i've uh, switched my training around again just thinking about what he was doing he never did more than two to three reps and i'm like i'm and squat bench dead he'd come when i'm when he came over to don berry's yeah he never did more than two to three reps once yeah. in a blue moon he'd do a five 
but it was like two or three reps is like bang bang or bang 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 and it's like i'm done for the week it's like okay and i'm you know what's funny he puts on muscle doing that crap i'm doing that yeah i'm I'm going back to it i'm gonna i'm gonna squat bench dead and that's it i'm gonna do nothing but triples in my head i think i have to do eights something in my head tells me i have to do high reps and i think it's totally wrong i think now i'm gonna go back to the nothing but triples and jimmy they all have to be explosive like a kid i'm gonna train like a kid if if you've never watched uh kirk's warm-ups and all that when the 135 in the deadlift He's trying to throw it off into the ceiling. I mean, he is mm-hmm. jumping with it almost. Yeah. Yeah. You know, falling yeah. backwards with yes. it. You know, yes. his warm-ups are so explosive. He pulls 650 faster than we pull 135. Yeah, it, it's really currently. It's it shows his intelligence in the sport because and you and he got together and said, Okay, we got we got a crappy grip because we got small hands. We better pull this thing fast. Fast, baby. Yeah. So he decided and boom. Now yeah. now it made him a better lifter, too. You know? Yeah, um, uh, necessity was the mother of invention. That's right. Uh, but, we, but Jim, you said you said something interesting. You know, two or three reps, and look how muscular this dude got. He was one of the most muscular, if not the most muscular, uh, power lifter there was, and right up there with the most mu- muscular bodybuilders. So, you know, we're always taught that uh, to to put on true huge size we need what six reps to 12 reps six to ten six to eight something like that here's a guy doing it on two to three reps with very limited sets maybe one two sets per week per you know on the bench or squat or whatever um however you know karwaski's got like genetics from hell too i have a feeling he could do whatever he wants and put on muscle uh but the def the definitely the heavy weights over all those years definitely put on a lot of heavy thick muscle on that that guy yeah dense dense muscle yeah really dense mm-hmm. um you were asking about the mind weren't you, you? the psychology so yeah. when you guys are coaching you know do certain athletes have uh hot buttons that you guys just try to push and get them psyched up and you know just fired up well, I don't want to make this all about Kirk, but Marty used to say to Kirk, how about them fins? How about that Finnish guy, right, Marty, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, he had all kinds of – oh, the guy beat him and he took second place. He had that – the Vilmi. He's getting ready to deadlift him, Mark. like, how about fins, man? How about that fin? How about him? Yeah. Oh, that was all kinds. Kirk, Kirk was um, Kirk was easy. Ed Cohn, we were talking one time, and Ed said uh, – I said, what Kirk set some world record, Ned talk to him beforehand, get him fired up. And I said, what did you say to him, Ed? He said, elemental child psychology. Yeah, easy stuff. Simple yeah but Marty, the time that Kirk was uh, competing, Ed Cohn and somebody else was in the audience in the front row. Doug, Doug Furness? They, they, yeah, they were talking amongst themselves and yeah, they started yeah, laughing. Yeah, yeah, let me tell it, let me tell it. Okay, tell it, okay. So, <laughs> so we're... We're at the world and Kirk's getting ready for some ungodly world record squat. Is that right? No, I think this was the time he needed the third attempt to stay in the meter. He was going to quit powerlifting. That's That's what it was. Mm -hmm. So he's a rookie. I think it was his second year. And um, he needs this third attempt. He's gotten called on depth twice. He's handled the weight twice. And they first two, and, and, he insisted on squatting with the junior world record. 
that was critically important to him. So it was like the junior world record was 771. So he's starting with 804. Nothing I could do or say. He was, you know, so um, he's down to his third attempt. And um, first first attempt, he gets three red lights. Second attempt, he gets two red lights. And you're down to it. And he looks at me and says, if I missed this, this attempt, I quit. He said, I'm through with this. So I said, don't miss the attempt, right? So we go out to the chalk box and um, Ed Cohn and Doug Furness are sitting in the front row and they're just kicking back. You know, their legs are out, they're relaxed and they look at each other and there's somebody tells a joke and they're laughing. So I punch Kirk in the elbow, with the elbow in the side really hard as he's chalking up. I said, look at, look at Cohn and Furness, they're laughing at you. <laughs> and Kirk, Kirk was, all, you know, he was already fired up. And his eyes, his eyes got so big, I thought he was gonna jump, pop out of his head. His face got beet red, mm. and he rolled out and he he ripped that bar out of the squat rack, and it was the most single excruciating lift I've ever seen in my life. It must have taken thirty seconds for him to complete that lift. Every inch on the way up was like one inch at a time, like you know you're you're ratcheting up a car in a jack. Right. <laughs> and he just locked it out. We lost him. But. Yeah, he'll come back. And they passed it two to one. They but Marty, two you, to one. you saved Kurt Kowalski's career right then and there. He wouldn't have got that that attempt without you. Uh, saying hey they're laughing at you I, I, i'm not going to say that but i thought it was a great i thought it was a it, it it turned out great I, I thanked the judges for <laughs> we were one red light away from losing one of our great superstars well mm. so back to coaching though if, well, it's if, psychology if, stuff yeah the psychology yeah. is 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 you establish goals that are attainable on a weekly basis and once somebody gets four to five weeks into a periodized cycle, they develop momentum. It's momentum that is feeding on results. They're seeing changes in the way they look, act, and feel. They feel better because they're detoxing. They, they, they're kicking out all the nasty stuff out of the diet, right? So they're detoxing. They're feeling better. They're lighter because they're eating better. They're stronger because they're lifting. Their health is better because they're actually doing some cardio. It could just be walking around the block, but you know, something, right? Uh, and it all combines to create synergy. By the time you get to the last four weeks, you're like leaping out of bed to have your first cardio session. You're just fired up, right? Because yeah. every week the gains are coming. You're getting stronger. You're getting leaner. You're getting fitter. You're feeling better. It's perfect. But for the first time in your fitness life, stuff is actually working, right? As promised. All fitness promises and gadgets and tools before have promised the sun, moon, and stars and delivered nothing, right? Here's a strategy that actually works. It really doesn't cost anything other than implementing it. You need, what, a barbell for the, for the strength training, your feet for the cardio, um, uh, common sense at the grocery store for nutrition. What else, Jim? And, uh, and, a, and a burning desire to change, a burning desire to change, man. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, the, the hot button thing, JP, that's, that's a learned thing, I think. I think when you see um, coaches when they first start off, 
they think everybody has the same hot button that everybody's going to respond to yelling or, no. you know, or whatever. Not everybody responds. There's no question that the experience of, of the years of it, you learn to say, Hey man, I can say whatever I want to that kid and he's going to get ready to go. And if I say this to that other kid, he's going to go on a shell. Now right. it doesn't make him, it just makes his button different. Doesn't make him softer or worse athlete or anything. He just doesn't respond to that. He responds to this. Man, I know you got this today. I was thinking about that last night. I thought about you crushing this weight. And yeah. You know, I never put that on the bar if I didn't know you could do it. I got That's you, right. bro. So, right. so, right. so, Jim, working with, all these, working with all these kids, I would imagine most of this stuff, the hot buttons were all kind of positive stuff. Like, hey, man, you got this. And, you know, you get them fired yeah. up. But yeah. Or, or did you say, hey, uh, if you don't make this lift, your mother is, uh, well, she's a goner. <laughs> Marty, what were you going to say, Marty? Were you going to say something like that? No, I don't like negative. I don't like negativity, negativity yeah. in yeah. coaching. I don't think I'd rather I'd rather be quiet. I think that's my negativity. If, yeah, so if, if I don't if I don't vocally coach a lifter. That sends a message. It's funny. Jim uses a lot of negativity with himself. Me too. Head, right? Me too. Me too. Rap. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Positive self-talk has never helped me. Yeah. But on the outside, you're doing, you know, you're trying to be more positive, especially with the kids. Well, I realize I have issues, but the, uh, and, and, yeah, yeah, no, you're, no, you're wrong. No, I'm just saying the, the, no, there are, there are kids that I've, but I don't say something like you're a, you know, wuss, if you don't get this weight, I'll say, man, quit effing around with this weight. Yeah, right, right, what are you right, doing, right, man? Right, step up. Effing around. You know the guy at Yale? He's doing this right now. He's thinking step about up. kicking your ass right yeah, now. Step up. Step you know, up. Step you up. Get right step in their face. You get right in their man, face. I'm not big in the face. Kind of. That's challenging nah. a kid. And then, he, then he's around Because <laughs> if he's around his peers and you're doing that and he does something, now what are you going to yeah. do? You were in his face. So no, no it's right. I'm slapping him on the back when I'm telling him this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or you can do it from across the room. That's right. That's well, right. Well, you have to now with a mask on, right? No. <laughs> anyway, Social distance keep while going. you're psyching keep, the kid up. Keep going. You're wrong. I mean, and the good thing about powerlifting is that it's all blind rage stuff, man. You know, yeah. I mean, there are athletes that respond to different types of it, but if you got a guy like Kirk, hey, that's easy. Hey, that's mm -hmm. great. You mm -hmm. know exactly what to say to him. And Marty and he basically lived together in the gym for years. So Marty knew every, every thing to say to him, but uh, more importantly, what time to say it. And also, and also when to shut up. And when to shut up. You know, I remember watching uh, the Bulgarians when they were the best ever in weightlifting. Right, in the and training hall. Abjanovev or whatever his name was, mm -hmm. the, the great coach. He didn't get out of his chair yeah. except one time in three hours because a guy tried 20 reps of one in the snatch and didn't get it. And he got up to tell him to stop and that was it. Yeah. Chain smoking um, palm oil cigarettes with no filters. No, no question we overcoach here. No question in America we overcoach, man. You know, let some. You, the reason why, Marty, you you learned some stuff, and because I we were in the gyms by ourselves sometimes, and we had to be like, oh man, if I get a little wider in my stance, this mm -hmm. is going to work. And figuring out something for yourself makes a big difference, man. Yeah, and I think uh, Dorian mentioned that too. He he was lamenting on the fact that. Uh, Nowadays, bodybuilding is not the journey of self-discovery that it was when he was coming up right. because his, his first lab experiment was himself. Right. Right. 
And that's where he, that's where he, 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 he learned bodybuilding because he saw what worked on worked in his own case. And, and that's crucial because that carries over into real coaching. It's hard to take a coach serious that hasn't, um, hasn't affected their own vital physical transformation. Yeah. No question. No question. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You want to wrap it up there? Yeah, yeah. Um, how about you, uh, Jim? What do you think? Any final thoughts? No, I mean, but I, I would say the the thing about the coaching, just from having done it for so long, is don't be afraid not to say something. You know, don't be afraid to, like we just talked about, just sit back sometimes, let the athletes, not, as long as they're not going to get hurt, but let them learn some stuff on their own. Let them figure some stuff out on their own too, like, you know, the overcoaching thing. Once we just started talking about that, I just thought, man, you see that all the time, all the time. Yeah. I think that periodization is important. And I think, or light. That, uh, yeah. And, and I think that uh, having a plan is important as opposed to just exercising. Uh, also the idea of having these inner interrelated interlocking elements, you know, not just, not just strength training, but strength training plus a cardio element plus a nutritional element. Uh, you know, the holistic kind of, and look at, looking for synergy, backing up, having a uh, light, light, easy entry into a period of 10 to 12 week periodization cycle, I think is good with specific goals, not too crazy, but, but still motivating. Right. It's got to be a little uh, shooting for the stars. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, should. Uh, and you really have to have a situation. There's no point getting involved in a 12 week periodization plan. If you've got to take three weeks off in the middle of it to, I don't know, whatever, go on a European sabbatical or something, you, you know what I mean? You, you really need to have a, a, um, a good level playing field for the foreseeable future. And, and then you get involved with it, with it because it's a pretty comprehensive process and you can't, you can't have a bunch of starts and stops uh, in between. It destroys the, the continuity. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody that's got the time or the situation and is really serious and wants to hire you guys for online coaching, uh, they can do that. You guys have some spots open, right? Yeah. Oh, I just yeah. got yeah. two more emails today about the coach. As long as, they're, as long as they're motivated, um, it doesn't really, the, the, the level doesn't really matter. It's the motivation and the situation. Yeah. And if anybody wants to do that, uh, they can email Marty at ironcompany.com or Jim at ironcompany.com. Yeah. And you guys are coaching people yeah. all over the world as well. Yeah. These, these people are special, Indeed. man. All these guys are in their garages and they got that. Yeah. Man, my workouts are hard, man. And they get that stuff done and they're all like, you know, 30 and up usually. Yeah. And they Families. have their priorities mm -hmm. straight and I'm just thrilled these guys make such progress, man. Really now, Jim, are you on the like FaceTime for an hour, or are they some of them sending you videos and you? you no, they send me videos them? and give me updates. Like usually after mm -hmm. every workout, here's what I got. Here's this felt like crap. This felt good. I strained yeah. my neck. You know, I did so I adjust after that. Right, and then they, I usually get a summary at the end of the week, also. Right. <clears throat> And this is a to this is a total package. I mean, you guys are helping them with their their nutrition and you know all that whatever stuff. They so, want to help with, whatever they want right. to help with, Marty and I can write it up. Yeah. yeah.
Absolutely. And again, um, it, 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 it just it depends on if, if the individual burns for it. Uh, it's it's a pretty easy thing. Um, it, it really is. Yeah. So anyway. it's like taking candy from a baby, right, Marty? Ah, more like um, giving a person the 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 building blocks to create something that, that they've always wanted, but now all of a sudden they have the the tools to do it, and it's a fantastic thing to see, right? Because team. so many of these people have tried so many different fitness yeah. strategies and tools, and they've fallen victim to so many different scams where really all they want is your money. And so all of a sudden they're, well, present, they're presented with a, with a system and a strategy that, that not only melds with their lifestyle, but doesn't beat the hell out of them. Um, well, and, and they get those, those, that, that weekly, those weekly results, those, that weekly payback. And all of a sudden they're at the end of the, the 12-week cycle and they're like, wow. You know, and that's the beginning of their new life. Well, what I really appreciate about what you guys offer is that, you know, as a longtime lifter myself, I can't tell you how many probably years that I've wasted doing programs out of, you know, different magazines or, you know, things that I've seen, uh, you know, even before the internet was around and, and stuff like that. If I had the chance to hook up with somebody that, that had the experience and that actually did the things that you've, you guys have done in bodybuilding and powerlifting and, with spec ops and all that stuff, I would absolutely do it because it would shave probably years off of my, my efforts. And it would take me from, you know, uh, directly to my obtaining my uh, results that I seek a lot quicker uh, than I was able to get them on myself. And that's, and, that's and, thing. Also, and JP also those injuries that you incurred. That's exactly right. Yeah. We, I would have, we would have helped you avoid those. I could have saved my, you know, my back would be in a lot better shape. My, my shoulders are good. You know, my knees would be in better shape. Um, longevity gains, everything would have just uh, been a lot better had I hooked up with the, the proper coaches early mm -hmm. on. We would so. have got you out of California a long time. Oh, uh, with your physique. No, you should have stayed. Yeah, we just keep you on the farm in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Look with his with his with his bone with Jim with his bone structure and his body. If I oh, had dude. picked him, oh my god! You first off, I take him up to four hundred pounds. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, I'm serious. I we don't. We, you know, JP. This is the thing. At at that age, your opinion wouldn't matter, right? But it's I'm just. But I'm. But I'm five four. You're gonna take me up to four hundred. <laughs> No, 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 no. When you eight, when you had your full, you had your full height. How old were you? Eighteen. Uh, yeah, I'm six foot tall, but I, yeah, I'm not so, at six foot with your man. with yeah. your bone structure, I would def and I would I would unleash him on the world like like I would not have him appear until he was fully formed, and then bring him to the nationals in a robe, just, in, in a, a robe, like a robe. Yeah. yeah, in an opera cape, and have him yeah. show up. <laughs> And uh, it would just shock the world. And you'd open with the thousand pounds in the squat. The unveiling. The unveiling. Yeah, the unveiling. He'd, he'd, open, he'd open with a thousand in the squat, then bench 700 and open with a thousand in the deadlift. There you and go. Walk. And then I quit. 
Look at all that we. If only we could uh, invent some sort of a time machine yes, or whatever. Yes. I'm going to put on a flannel shirt this weekend. I'm going to go out to the garage, get my vice out and some some pliers, yes. and start working on a time machine. If I can make that happen, we'll yes. do it. But I don't know yeah. about the 400 pounds. Channel Channel Rule Pennsylvania, as you're doing, taking just a couple years off your life, and you'd be a derelict by now, like us. But uh, you'd be a world champion. Yeah. Yeah. Multi-time, multi-time world champion. Uh, and, and a legend, I promise you. All right, can I say one more thing? Sure. Of course, it's your show. Check out Marty's weekly column, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. You can also visit Iron Company for all your gym equipment and flooring needs. Hey, and we got this uh, thing we call the Texas Shorty Bar coming online soon. Um, it's, um, it's a six-foot Olympic bar instead of a seven foot. Some people in their garage gyms or home gyms don't have room for a uh, seven foot bar. So we've got. Kind of cool. I think it's what thirty three pounds. It's got the the regular length shaft, but it's got uh, shorter sleeves on it, a little bit shorter. You can still get four or five plates on there. Wow! It's our it's our Texas shorty bar. So check that Stumpy. out coming up soon. I would call Stumpy. it Stumpy. Yeah, the Stumpy bar. Stumpy bar. Oh, also. Um, Please remember to go to my Instagram. And yes, the Marty Gallagher. That's yeah, his Instagram. Yeah, my uh, Stacy is just helping me so much and posting these all kinds of stuff. So we're we're doing. Yeah, there's articles on there. There's some yeah. uh, real good images on there. There's I think she puts stuff up like uh, you know. Uh, well, we had we had we, stuff. we had uh, we had uh, crazy Matt over yesterday, and he'd been on a vegetarian diet for yeah uh, six that. six months, and uh, we put some uh, custom ribs <laughs> out in front of him, and and he he flew off the wagon. So we got it on film and said, you know, Casey it. Casey tries to lie his way back into vegetarian world. <laughs> I said no, no, no. What was he doing? Was he trying to get his testosterone to go down, or what was he? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. He was trying to get in touch with this. Uh, yeah, yeah. He felt he was he'd been up to two forty, down to one ninety. He ate the whole rack of ribs. He ate the whole rack of ribs. I bet he did. He could oh, eat man. that every day and still lose weight. But uh, exactly, eggs and get ripped and be strong because it has the fat content. Look at that. We've swerved off the highway again. To, to barbecue. This should always end. Listen, one more thing about Jim Steele. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we, we just we just posted today uh, Jim's latest article. It's called Dieting 10 Tips uh, for Lose Long-Term Success. So uh, mm, I like this approach, Jim, because you're kind of it's more realistic for the I don't I guess general population. I mean, you just kind of ease people into it. Whereas yeah. Marty, he's like, bam, you're instantly starving yourself and all that. That is for a certain <laughs> portion of the population. But realistically, I, I like your approach. So it's a good article. Get in there. Does he start you off on Pop-Tarts? <laughs> no, not quite, but I'm like, yeah. As an, easy, would... as an easy ramp up, it's Pop-Tarts and donuts and right. pizza. Yeah. But and check that out. Night. We just... We just posted that. And then you can also check out his website, bossbarbell.com. That's B-A-S barbell.com. This shorty uh, bar is very intriguing. 
Yeah, it's nice. And it, and it takes and it takes full size plates, right? I mean, it handles yeah, everything is the same. Um, oh. What I what I'm what I want to do is I want to make oh. the shaft the IPF uh, specs. You know, with the the knurling width and the mm -hmm. the uh, the the hash marks and you know the the width on those and all that. The only difference is the sleeves. They're shorter. You know? may, may I make an advertising suggestion? Make the sleeves longer? No, 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 no. <laughs> so you no, put more no, weight? <laughs> no, no, no. Load the, load the shorty bar up with as many of the new flat fat plates as you can and then take a picture of it. That would make a yeah, cool yeah, with with our new, fat uh, plates. Those, those fat plates with the shorty bar, right? With our new, uh, with our new deep dish plates or American-made yeah, yeah. plates. How, how many do you think you could get on? I know we can get, uh, I think we can get four 45s on one side. Now, okay. this isn't something you're going to be doing heavy deadlifts with. No, 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 no. I understand. I understand. Deadlift with that. Yeah. Oh, that'd be, that'd be wacky. They'd be a good intensifier. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about it, too. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of cruelty can I inflict on my trainees with the shorty bar? Yeah. Right. All right. All right. Anything else? No, man. We'd love it. All right. All right, guys. Thank you very right, much. Great. Another insightful uh, little <laughs> podcast here. Thank you. Awesome. Say, say hi to all the boys, all right? I will. I will, for sure. All right. All right. All right.